everybody. Welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen. How's everybody doing? Glad to be back. And as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you for downloading, tuning in, streaming, whatever you call it, however you say it. I appreciate it. Welcome. Um, this is my podcast. It's about 20, 30 minutes. This is me talking about my family, my life. Uh, shit I find funny, shit that pisses me off. Just, just an outlet for me. This is I really enjoy this uh, platform, even though it's not uh, it's not very big. I got to get better at advertising this thing. Um, <clears throat> but I I enjoy it. Um, so I guess I'll just dive right in. For, uh, for those who don't know, we have a nine year old son. His name is Miles, and um, I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. You know, different milestones, so to speak. Um, he was out last week with COVID. He's better now. Went back to school today. Um, but uh, you guys know, I've, I've talked about him before uh, all the time about how he loves to build. He wants to be a coder. He loves that kind of stuff. And he's back into Geometry Dash, and he's built two really, really creative uh, levels. A lot of moving parts, very complex, like a lot of little um, timing things where like, oh, this piece falls and this this piece comes out of the ground and you, you, it has to be timed correctly or the icon you're using, you can't fit through it if one falls before the other. It's just pretty complicated stuff, you know. Uh, just He has to create all these different layers to, to have all these things happen at a certain time. And uh, I just really try to encourage him doing it. Um, you know, just, just be there for him because he, he really, really enjoys it and i just want to foster it and uh nurture it and i just i just want him to whatever makes him happy you know and i and i and i know where the world is going just digitally that this is a very very important skill you know it's crazy too it might seem like a very very important skill now but you know i take that back i just take in the future it, it'll be something everybody can everyone will be able to, to do to a certain degree just like most people can use a computer and you know, all that type of shit, but what, uh, in the nineties, even in the early two thousands, people were like, what the fuck is Yahoo? What does this mean? What is that? Now most people are, uh, somewhat tech savvy to a degree. Even, even your, your, our old, our, our most, um, our oldest people in our society, they've used an iPad and I get it. Your grandmother who lives in New Jersey doesn't have any, I get it. There's, there's those people out there. But I'm just saying for the most part, even my grandmother was like 92 and she knew how to use an iPad. Um, yeah, just uh, I'm just I'm just very, very proud of him. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him that happy and proud of himself. Uh, him and I, we he, he struggles with um, with just like having positive thoughts about himself, just like I do. And just I, I hate to hear him beating himself up. I'm, I'm slow. I'm this. I'm dumb. I'm. You know, something wrong with me, and uh, you know, just trying to to, to um, just trying to uh, teach him that that is not how we should think about ourselves or talk about ourselves. Um, and you know, I, I've seen that, you know, those nights when he's upset and he's crying and he thinks he's not smart or he's a bad kid. To see that that opposite like um, reaction, and to, for him to be so proud of himself, so happy, he feel he to feel like he's accomplished something, he's made something. I mean, the, the sense of accomplishment and pride and and joy that it brings him, it makes me feel really, really good. So I like to see him so young and, and, and passionate about something like that. And I, I, I get it. Things will change. But 
it's just good to see him into something that uh, he really, really enjoys. And he, he, he likes to talk about it. You know, he likes to get into like the weeds and seeds of like what this trigger does. And all right, I had to do this to get that. He, he likes the technical kind of jargon. Um, he likes to talk about the process and all that kind of stuff and what he had to do. But uh, that's the milestone. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen him that happy uh, over the last, um, like I have the last couple of days. I'm just very, very happy. And uh, I'm proud of him. So <laughs> he's also like an indoor kid. You know, he does like to, uh, he do, he will go out and play and stuff. But if he has a choice between video games and maybe just going outside, I think 70% of the time he's going to go, oh, I'm going to stay inside. <clears throat> but he does like to go outside sometimes. But it is hard sometimes. And yesterday we had like a pretty good uh, downpour and. That's just how funny he is, man. It's storming outside. And he goes, I want to go outside. I'm like, God damn it. So, because he's been, he wants to jump around in puddles and stuff. So, you know, uh, we, we go out there, we jump around, he gets wet and stuff. But uh, it's just funny. It could be 70 and sunny. And I'm like, hey, man, let's go for a walk. He goes, ah, I think I want to stay in. But then it's like 40 degrees and it's a torrential downpour. And he's like, I think I want to go out for a little while. So, <laughs> so we went out. So we went out. Man, all right. Um, I've been watching a lot of travel shows lately. I, I love Bourdain. That guy had the best job. I've said it several times. I love that guy, man. So sad what happened with, with him. Um, but, man, as much as I love, like, these travel shows and the, I, the idea, the idea of being – uh, in Costa Rica, um, on some pier at some fucking like in some small little village, and they have a little bar out on on a pier, and they're bringing in fresh fish right out the right out the water. You got beers, you got the sun, you got all this going on. Fresh food right out the water, right out the jungle. I mean, just the views, just watching him sit there. I'm like, man, I would love to do that. But just thinking about the process of getting there, <laughs> getting a plane, then probably getting on an even smaller plane, and then getting in a van, and then probably a boat. And then you got to check into a hotel that doesn't have air conditioning. It's just like all the stuff. I'm like, you know what? I probably don't want to do this shit. But uh, the I the idea of sitting out on a little pier in some little village in, in Costa Rica, you know, it's a little, it's a little, uh, a little spot. They got the, uh, the leaf colored covered roof, you know, it's a couple locals back there. They got these old pots and pans and grills and they're bringing up all this fucking delicious looking seafood and fish. And, ah, just the idea of that is sounds so great. So great. But, the part I just I, my mind can't get over the travel, going through customs, filling out papers, asking people to repeat shit because you don't know what they're saying because they barely they barely speak English or you don't speak their language. You know, this this is the kind of shit that that uh, stops me from enjoying things like the the fact that I can go into these uh, minute details about a trip I haven't taken and, and probably um, why I won't go anywhere this is this is what my brain does like I, I see people on instagram 
they post these beautiful pictures of them at, at some uh, resort and you see the water and I'm just like, that is probably a 15 hour um, trip, travel time. And it's like, I, my brain is just like, I, I can't. Thinking about running through airports, finding your seat, someone asking, can they switch? I mean, I don't know why those little details play in my mind, but it does. It does. It does. And I, I would, I really would like to travel more. I really would. And here's the, here's the thing. I can't speak for all black people, but I can speak for uh, most some of us. Our biggest concern is is uh, is people. We need to know two things. <laughs> okay, I know at least one of these things. Me personally, but I know for black people. One, if we want to go anywhere out of this country, we want to we want to know what is the racism like. When people ask, like, "Oh, what's the temp- what's the temperature like there?" That's what we mean. Do they like niggas there? What what to what level of racism are we going to experience there? What level of, uh, of racism will we experience, or possibly experience? That's uh, that's always on the forefront of our mind. I mean, even in our own country, in our own cities, in our own states, in our own neighborhoods. So, and it, and the thing is, it's just like if you never left the country before, you don't realize how American you are until you leave. So that's also another element too. It's like, yeah, there's also a race thing, but there's it's a it's a funny thing. It's like, okay, not only are you black when you leave America, you're now an American. And people have really, really strong opinions about us. And you don't realize that until you fucking leave. You don't realize all the little things that we do, how American it is until you go to another country. You go, man, this is why wow, I didn't I didn't realize I was like this. Hmm. It's it's a, it's kind of a fair in a way, it's almost like um, you know how like uh it's almost like being able to hear your own accent. Like English people have no idea what they sound like. What's funny though is like you, you don't really know what you sound like, but you know what you don't sound like. That's why whenever someone does a bad impression, you go, "Yeah, we don't, we don't sound like that." That's that sounds bad. But as far as like hearing our own accents, we don't, we don't hear it. But when you travel and you go to another country and you're one of uh, few Americans. All of a sudden, you go, man! I didn't realize I was this loud, or I, or this 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 small little cultural differences. How we just how we operate, how we stand in the line, how we talk to people, um, personal space, all that kind of little stuff, man. That you don't realize, uh, and, and just how we interact with people. How you know? It's just it's just very very fascinating to see how like we all think we're so different, and we do have our our, our differences and stuff. But when you when you leave the country, you go, man. I'm I'm a lot like all these other people in America that I uh, say I'm not like and and that I hate. It's just it's just weird experiencing that. But we have to know what the racism is like. One and two, fucking bugs. <laughs> Especially if we go on somewhere tropic tropical, we got to know what the bugs are like. I'm big on bugs. Like it's, it's it's beautiful. It's Costa Rica, Brazil. I mean, countries in the Middle East. It's, it's, so many places look so beautiful, but I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just don't want to see some weird shit crawling in my wall 
when I get back to my hotel. Or when I'm back at the hotel and I pull my shower curtain back, I don't want to see some shit I've never seen before. Okay? I don't. I I can't deal. Even just walking around. I don't want to see some shit I've never seen at 42. It's scary. We've all done it in our own house. You get home later someday or you're just in the house summertime. You know, you're in the backyard on the porch and you just see some weird shit on your screen door. You're like, what the fuck is that? I've never seen that. I don't want to do that in a foreign country. I don't know why. It seems scarier. I can't deal with foreign bugs. I, it's, just, it's just something about that, that is terrifying to me. Terrifying. I would I would love to see a lot of these areas. I was just listening to my other buddy's podcast, and he was saying a friend of theirs, um, they went to South Africa on some type of little safari joint, and uh, the wife kind of stayed back, and she wanted to sit back in this gazebo or pavilion and, like, read or something like that. And she's reading... And a fucking snake falls out of the roof. And she's not afraid of snakes, according to him. She was like, oh, man, that's wow, snake fell. It's crazy, huh? And it kind of slithered away. Uh, some time later, the, like, the, the tour guys come back, and she goes, oh, there's a snake under there. You might want to take take care of it. And the guy goes over there, and he freaks out. This is a South African tour guide. This motherfucker has seen everything. He's a he's a fucking park ranger in Africa. You really can't be afraid of it if anything. He sees this snake underneath this seat cushion or whatever it was and loses his fucking mind. Goes running. It's a black mamba. The most deadliest snake in the world. Um you know what? People you, someone will go oh, actually it's number 4. It's the fourth deadliest or the eighth. At that time if I'm face to face with the, with the black mamba, even if it's a fucking Western diamond rattlesnake, that is the deadliest snake in the world to me at that point in time. I'm not going to go, oh, shit, Woo, man, thank God this is actually only number three. No, at that point in time, that is the deadliest snake in the world because it's in front of me. Right? Okay. I know a, a, a nuclear bomb is, is way more powerful than a 22 pistol. Pistol. But if you put a 22 pistol in my face, that now becomes the nuke. <laughs> All right. That's now the nuke. I'm afraid of bugs. I'm actually getting better. And you know what's, what's crazy is, and I, I need, I want to start talking about this, man, but I will say that being a parent has really been um, the biggest thing to help me face my fears. Because I see a lot of similarities in between between my son and I, and uh, and I'm like, I can't be afraid of spiders if he's afraid of spiders because that's just going to reinforce his fear of spiders or death or um, whatever it may be. I, I I I can't do that. So whenever I am in a situation where I'm actually afraid of whatever it is he's afraid of. I have to go, hey, man, you cannot show this little boy that you're as afraid as you are. Now, I think where things have changed is uh, I think back in the day, most men were like, I can't let him see that I'm afraid at all. Now it's just like it's okay for men to show that their sons or their, their, their children, hey, it's okay to be afraid. Be afraid. 
And so it's a, it's okay to show a little bit of maybe apprehension, a little bit to at least express it. Hey, yeah, I'm scared too. So I do let him know, like, hey, man, this is uh this is tough for me, but you know I, I'm gonna get through it to help you. I, I'm I'm not a bug guy. <laughs> that is not me. Um. Well, I think I got four three minutes left. I guess I'll just cover it real quick. As y'all guys, as you, as everyone knows, Elon Musk bought uh, Twitter. And I'll say this: I don't really think much is going to change. All right, I I, I really don't. Uh, what kind of what what does bother me is the fact that you see all his fanboys like, yeah, he bought Twitter. We're free. It's just funny watching white people act like this is some type of like emancipation proclamation. Like somehow they've been so oppressed, and now the the world is is has changed, and they can now tweet about Hunter Biden's laptop. Like that's the level of your oppression. Is Twitter? Like really, and the and the thing is, it's like anything else. This I'll use comedy. The moment you start producing your own shows, you look at everything differently. You know, before when you when you look at other people' book shows, you go, "Oh, they put this guy on, they put her on. This is bullshit. I should be on this show. How come they're on this? They need to do this." A lot of people do that, and they start, and after a while, they get bitter. Or they go, you know what, I'm going to start producing my own shows to give people a chance who never get a chance. And then you start putting on shows and you start to realize like, man, a lot of my friends aren't good at comedy and I can't put them on the show. I want to have a good show. I think the same thing kind of thing is going to happen here with Elon Musk and Twitter. The idea of owning Twitter and like, uh, Oh, oh, they're they're censoring these people. They're doing this. If I own it, everyone will be able to say whatever the fuck they want to say. And the moment you own it and you're in that position and it all falls on you, you see things differently. Now, if if anything, I think that uh, you're going to see. I will say I think it will be a little less one sided, but no one's going to be happy. Because he's even said it. He's even said free speech is when everybody is equally upset. And that's the part that people aren't understanding. You're still going to be mad. It's like, yeah, you you might be able to say more, but you're still going to focus on the people in the tweets that you don't fucking like. That's it. It's it's really not going to change anything. And I'll I'll say this too. I think in about six months, the people who are applauding him, uh, calling him some type of savior, half of those people, you're going to hate the guy in six months. He doesn't care about you specifically. That's the part that another part that that kills me. He doesn't truly care about you. He thinks everybody should be upset when it comes to free speech. And and people think it's just going to flip flop and all of a sudden become this conservative uh, platform where you can just say whatever you want about everybody else. And then you can just tweet whatever you want and then you can feel good about it. I, I I don't really know what people are looking for, to be honest. I don't know. And the thing is, you also see how well have all these other quote-unquote right-wing free speech platforms, social media platforms have gone. Not well at all. Because 
They talk all this shit about what these tech people should be doing, and then they try to start their own company, and they realize, like, oh, this is a big fucking animal to get your arms around. You can't just have anybody saying anything on your platform because, ultimately, you're the one that's going to take responsibility. And that's what it boils down to. No one wants that responsibility. Because you, if you you know if something happens, God forbid, say somebody gets hurt over a tweet, some, something physically happens. They're going to go after the person with the deepest pockets. And no one wants to be responsible for someone else's behavior. That's what that shit boils down to. It's really not a left versus right. No one just wants to be financially responsible. Now, if if, the, if we could have a, a, a site where everyone was like anonymous and you could just say whatever you want to say and there was, people would be fine with that. No one, no one would really give a fuck. They wouldn't care if if people tweeted anti-gay stuff, anti-white, anti-black. No one, no one would really care. There's a, there's, there would be no face, no one to blame, no one to uh, go after. It's like those you see those those accounts where it's just an egg-looking profile and it's got like uh, Billy seven three nine eight four three six. No one cares about that guy. There's no face. You can say whatever the fuck you want. I, I just, it, it blows my mind that people really think that, that you can just get on the internet and just say whatever the fuck you want to say. That's not how life works. That's that's not how it works. I, I And then people who are who are tripping out, it's just like, I don't think everybody, uh, the people are just going to go on this tirade and just nigger, nigger. I don't think that's going to happen either. I, and I, I, I don't think it's going to be this right wing safe haven. It's not to me. To me it, Twitter is it's one of the trashiest uh, social media's uh, platforms out there. It, it's it's very toxic, but I, I I like it. It's just like like any other platform. You just have to curate it for what you like. But I don't think he's going to save the platform. Now, uh, will he do some different things that, to maybe improve it a little? Some features, yeah, like an edit button. Uh, I think that, and I said this a long time ago. Eventually, everybody on social media will be verified. Like right now, it's a little badge of honor. It's a little discriminator. It's a it's a it's a it's a sign of like I'm somebody. But in the future, it will not be that way. Everybody will be verified. Right now, it's a clout thing, but in the future, it, everyone will be verified. I've said this. It, it's it's happening. It's just uh. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't think it's gonna change that much, but I, I definitely don't think it's, he's going to save it, quote unquote, like people think he's going to. It's, it's not going to be what, what people think it is. It's, 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 it's not going to be this truly free for all. You can say what you want with no repercussions at all. There's a give and take for everything, and the thing, it's just funny that people they want to conveniently forget that. And it's always right-wing people who always talk about responsibility. You can't do what you want to do. Blah, blah, blah. All this. Pull yourself up. But they're, they're the, they, they truly act like kids when it comes to this, to social media. You really can't. And I'm all for free speech. You can't just say what you want to say all the time. That's just how it is. It's just, it's, it's wild to me. And my thing is, here's another point, too. What did it really change? It, now it's just in control of somebody else, and now you're you're just cool with it because you think this guy is on your side. 
for decades. All right, before big big tech, you had all these other Sears, all these other companies, Sears, um, Kenmore, all these home, all these, all these uh, Johnson and Johnson, all these companies, all these companies that basically were family companies. They they did um, your know, home products. Uh, um, uh, what am I? What word am I looking for? Furniture, uh, home appliances. Uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Just the, anything that you can think of that is that's family oriented or home life oriented for the longest time, 50, 60, 70 years. Those were our big tech industries, so to speak. Those are the people who control what we saw on TV. OK, those people fought against. Have showing gay people on TV, interracial couples, um, uh, even married couples sleeping in the bed together. You remember back in the day, they wouldn't even put married couples in the same bed. Why? Because of these fucking companies. And all everyone who's, all the conservative people were completely fine with that. They did not give a shit that these companies basically ran television and radio and other, other all the uh, other um, media platforms for well over half a century. Can't do this. Can't wear that. Can't say that. Can't make these jokes. Well, we can't say that because of sponsors. And you were completely fine with that. I, hey, you got to these, these people have sponsors. They got to pay their bills. They have to answer to stockholders. That's that was always their answer whenever they couldn't have a black person or or you know, interracial couple, gay couple in bed together, talk about certain subjects. You were completely fine with that. Did not care about these companies telling uh television networks in Hollywood what they could and could not do, what they couldn't couldn't say, what they could and could not show. Hey man, they're they're paying the bills. That's their sponsor. They got to do what they say. It's all about money. And over time, culture and and society shifts. Now these big tech companies, these pharma companies. You know, I can't even speak for pharma companies, but the tech companies, because that's the big issue. They're mainly ran by liberal people. So guess what? They're going to dictate shit. And you were telling people to shut the fuck up, uh, quit complaining, make your own thing, do this, do that. Guess what? Now it's your time to take your own advice. You don't have to agree what they're showing on TV. I, I, I get it. I, I don't like everything. But let's 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 stop acting surprised. Like all of a sudden, this is a new thing. It's not a new thing. This is absolutely not a new thing at all. Not a new thing. You're just okay with it when the companies and the industries that you agree with dictate what you see on and hear on television, uh, on the internet, social media, whatever it may be. You're completely fine with that as long as it fits into your little fucking box. People need to suck it up and quit complaining. If you don't like it, change the channel. Heard that shit for years. And guess what? Now the shoe's on the other foot. You don't fucking like it. Turn off the fucking TV. Start your own shit. Do your own thing. That's the that's the only thing. I, that's the only advice I can give give you. That's exactly what you told other people. Now it is your turn to do the same thing. Stop bitching. Stop complaining. Don't watch it. Don't don't support that company. Don't go to that store. Don't eat at that restaurant. That's, that's all I can say. 
I don't know. And uh, I'll, I'll end on, um, I, I got to say, I'm absolutely loving these McCarthy tapes that are coming out. Uh, it, it's only a matter of time before all this shit comes out, comes to light, what happened on January 6th and who was behind it. And I also believe this. This is why a lot of people on the right are focused, focused on all this other shit. They want to get mad about Mr. Potato Head. They want to get mad about Dr. Seuss. They want to get spun up about CRT. They want to get spun up on transgender shit. They want to get mad about all this other stuff. All this other stuff that really doesn't matter at all. They want they want all their supporters to be mad about critical race theory. Oh, look, look at this trans woman. She won a race. We're going to have a governor who has nothing to do with this declare her the real winner. Yeah, because what the fuck does that mean? What, what the fuck does that mean? You're the real winner, blah blah blah. <laughs> what does that even mean? You don't you don't even you don't even you're not even part of that body. Guess what? I'm gonna declare the fucking Lakers the 2022 NBA champions. There you go. I just did what Ron DeSantis did. Everything that was done in the dark will come to light. That's all I'll say. And you, you're hearing these tapes. You, 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 you're hearing for yourselves how these people have fucking lied to millions of people for the last few years about this election being stolen. Uh, I, I love it, man. I, I fucking hate grifters. I hate self-righteous people. And to watch it all just start to slowly crumble, it makes me feel good. Because we, we saw where this country was a couple years ago. Everybody saw the tension, the racial tension, the, all this shit that was going on. And when shit hit the fan, they got scared. That's the thing about violence, man. People talk that got that good talk. And then when, when shit hits the fan, all of a sudden, 90, 90% of the people, they fall out. They get scared. You saw, y'all saw the text messages. Y'all heard, y'all heard those phone calls on the news. All that, all that fucking rhetoric they talk on TV, I know it was phony. But they get, on, they get in front of these fucking cameras and they talk all this shit, getting all these people riled up. People get so upset about this shit. And they're behind closed doors. They don't, not, they don't even agree with what they're saying on television. I don't know how any of these people still have a job. But anyway, there's the show. That's the show. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chris Allen Comedy. Uh, have a great week, everybody. I'm out. Peace.